Blog Talk Radio. But no, 
not tonight because the biggest story in pro wrestling, not just the WWE, the whole landscape of pro wrestling has got to be Brock Lesnar and his contract situation. Rumors swirling, and again, we always say it, and we'll say it again. You got to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, the stuff you hear on the internet, but you know, usually, my feeling on uh, accumulating uh, uh, or following stories and collecting facts, uh, generally, where there's smoke, there's fire, and you know, it might not be the case. Maybe the WWE is floating controversy out there, but we're hearing all sorts of stuff that there is a heated exchange. Between Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon, um, as previous to this, we were hearing that there was some optimism that maybe the WWE could bring Brock Lesnar back post-WrestleMania. Now there's there's doubts surrounding that. Of course, all sorts of speculation, uh, you know, was heightened on Saturday when Lesnar was seen uh, at the Ronda Rousey fight uh, for UFC, so... Um, is Brock going back to UFC? Is he sticking with the WWE? What exactly was this fight about with Vincent McMahon? But again, as we're getting ready for WrestleMania, Dave, all the talk is contract negotiations behind the scenes. Yeah, it, that, that's all it seems to be. And you know, last week, the the you know, I didn't know that Lesnar. I mean, I honestly. Raw's been kind of ass for me lately, so I forgot that Lesnar was even scheduled to appear on the show until after the fact. And then the next day when I read the reports and the stories and, you know, all kinds of stories. There's, there's stories about the terms and the conditions of the contract that they're negotiating. I've heard that Lesnar is upset that, you know, the, 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 his merchandise royalties aren't the best. Um, that you know he's not going to get a bonus to WrestleMania because WrestleMania is mostly going to be seen on the network and not pay per view anymore. Um, I've heard that there's a, that that there was a disagreement with him and Vince about you know whether he could still be under contract to WWE but fight for the UFC. Um, and then today I heard that it was the argument was based over um, the fact that Lesnar was going to the UFC event to talk about a potential deal with Dana White. I, mean, I guess the the rumor was that he was upfront with Vince about it, but Vince didn't like the idea that one of his contracted talents was going to, uh, you know, UFC to talk about a about a business deal. Um, there's all different kinds of stories, but what makes this the most interesting about this story is the fact that Lesnar the first time did not leave WWE in good terms. He didn't walk out like you know and quit. I mean, he gave a little bit of notice, but he he didn't he didn't he took his ball and he went home because he didn't like the terms and conditions of, of how the wrestling business was, and you know he came back he got it he got what he wanted financially got the kind of schedule that he wanted, um, you know, it, it, he he worked WWE in his favor the second time around, and now that potentially his deal now could not be the same deal that he's been getting for the past three years. And for him to just get up and walk out, well, you know, dude, it's a job, man. Like, I go to work every day, and I'm told to do things that I don't want to do or that are not in my job description, but I do it. Because I can't just get up and walk out and go somewhere else. So if he's going to get up and walk out and potentially not come to WrestleMania, I mean, it's been publicly stated in the rumor mill that Vince McMahon said, well, I'll sue him for breach of contract if he does not come 
and continue his last three dates, which are March the 9th, next, next Monday, WrestleMania, uh, the, the, the go-home show, for Monday, the go-home Monday Night Raw, which is uh, you know, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, WrestleMania, and the night after WrestleMania. Four dates he's got left on his contract. And so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough time for the company because he's their main event. He's their world champion, okay? So you're, you're, you're almost put in a position where Vince is going to have to pull up a few tricks pull a few tricks out of his sleeve if he can't come to terms with Lesnar on something fairly soon. I mean, I'm talking almost like Montreal Screwjob type stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think, and it's crazy just thinking, you know, I mean, as this unfolds, on last week's show, we're talking about the optimism behind the contract that maybe we'll see Lesnar back. Um, you know, in agreement that whatever you need to do to bring Lesnar back, bring him back. And, and you know, we, we've talked about it a lot on this show. And, and you know, and in all honesty, I'm willing to admit right now that to a certain extent uh, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth. And we all do it, especially as wrestling fans. Um, you know, I wasn't sure uh, how I felt about Lesnar being the guy to end the streak. Um, I'm still not 100% sure. Well, maybe we'll see how this contract negotiation comes out. Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, at times I would have liked to have seen Lesnar more often. Um, I liked the part-time champion things. I thought it made it special. Just sort of liked a little more relevancy with the champion. But that's the weird thing about what we do, Dave, on this show. And, uh, what anyone who does a podcast or wrestling a uh, radio show, or, or even just fans when you talk about it. I mean, wrestling is not the type of business uh, entertainment venue where uh, you, you take a pulse daily. But we do, essentially, by doing this show. So it's it's a catch-22. Wrestling is something that you have to look at the, the long haul and how the storyline plays itself out over time. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan fans, incredibly disappointed when he gets screwed at SummerSlam. But it led to him being the, the champion at WrestleMania 30. So you got to kind of taper that disappointment. And when you look back on it, it was probably the right move because the whole story fit. Um, so at this point in time, as much as throughout the year, you know, taking that daily pulse, maybe I was back and forth as far as my feelings on Lesnar. At this point in time, as we enter into March of 2015, uh, I, I got to give credit where credit is due, and they've built him into a monster. They've built him into a bona fide main event. He is a, a an unbelievable, you know, one of the most dominant champions. And you know, CM Punk's run aside, I'm talking about a champion's champion, a guy that is just indomitable, a guy that just embodies just the physicality, the look, the feel, the everything of just being the ultimate champion and and he gives it a big fight feel so you know everything i may have said over the course of the year right now i gotta give credit where credit is due as much as maybe i didn't agree with things at the time right now where brock lesnar stands is is the right place he is they have built him in the right way he is a monster he is the champion uh so it backs the wwe into a corner yeah do we see something like a montreal screw job uh, we all, we've always speculated that Lesnar's out for Lesnar at all times. Behind the scenes, Lesnar is about Lesnar. Lesnar is about the paycheck. 
He's about the, the amount of zeros that is on that check. And, and that's it, period. And it, it's at a point now where, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's like it's basically, Dave, who's going to blink first? I, I mean, you have the WWE that, that's done right by Lesnar and has built him into this monster, but now the WWE needs him. And when it comes to a guy like Brock Lesnar, who, you know, the rumors have always been, he's all, he's all about Lesnar. He's all about the money. When you, when you basically put all your eggs in the Lesnar basket, it gives a guy like Lesnar a lot of power when it comes to negotiating a contract. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, neither, neither party's going to budge, but let's face it. If WWE didn't need Brock Lesnar, okay, they wouldn't have allowed him to work the schedule that he has and pay him the money that they are paying him and give him the, 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 the perks that he gets. I mean, he's the only wrestler on the roster that is allowed to have sponsors on his trunks, okay, that WWE gets no piece of that action as far as I know, okay? Yet the rumor is that he's not happy with his merchandise royalty from WWE. Dude, you get this god-awful, you know, million, several million-dollar contract. You get money from outside sponsors that pay you to wear their shit when you're wrestling, okay? The employer that you're working for is not getting a piece of any of that, and you're going to complain about the amount of T-shirts, you know, the the revenue you're getting from T-shirts? Give me a break. Like, seriously, like, to me, like, I like him. He's he's an asset to the company, okay? And he's felt like a special attraction and has really added some credibility to the championship and to the overall presentation of the product itself. However, if you don't give a shit about it, then to me, like, just go. Like, you didn't care the first time. You came back for the money. Just just go. Like, honestly, like, it's getting to a point where, like, everything revolves around Brock now, you know? And, and it's – I'm just not, like – be gung-ho, be 100%, because there are a million guys on that roster that want your spot, and they're not getting it because they're not you. And, and, I mean, and what's amazing right now is is they're actually at a point where, you know, they, they got to make contingency plans. And now there's – which is interesting now that, like, you know, last year's star, Daniel Bryan, kind of in a holding pattern right now, uh, going into WrestleMania, you know, could potentially Daniel Bryan be a guy that last minute, almost like back in the day with, with uh, Sting and the NWO and, uh, you know, if Hogan didn't make it or Hogan, like Sting was going to be the third guy. Like, do we have Daniel Bryan potentially going into WrestleMania in like a holding pattern uh, that he might be the guy that steps in? Do we see, like you said, a screw job and, and Daniel Bryan winds up with a title? going into WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. Uh, interesting stuff right now as far as the role Daniel Bryan might be playing in all this. Well, it, we got a month away from WrestleMania, so they have a month to, 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 to settle this with Brock Lesnar and to come to either either come to terms on a new deal and hopefully he signs it or, you know, hope to God that he doesn't not show up on your biggest show of the year. But you gotta you got to come to – you know, a, a decision real soon, you know, with him and, and concerning Brock so that you can possibly take a contingency plan like a Daniel Bryan or like Seth Rollins or come up with some plan to get the people into the storyline for the next three and a half, four weeks before WrestleMania. Otherwise, you know, you're caught in a, in a, in a sticky and tricky situation that may come off bad on television, especially at the biggest event of your, uh, in, your, in your company's year. 
It's crazy. I mean, and, and also like right now at this point, I mean, as, as we're, we're starting to get uh, WrestleMania booked and we're starting to get, uh, you know, a little bit more of an idea of the card and we got, you know, Reigns and Lesnar, we're hoping. Um, we got the IC ladder match. You know, I, I mean, it's interesting right now that, that Daniel Bryant doesn't have um, a, a, a match yet. And, you know, again, the rumor mill is swirling right now and, you have potentially he's a guy that would step in, which, you know, I mean, if if that happens, look, you can't fault the WWE if that happens. And I think he put on, obviously, he's, he's a talent. He's going to put on a great match. I think, uh, you know, him and Reigns have shown a bit of in-ring chemistry. So if that's the case, I think we're going to be entertained. But you're also hearing, uh, you know, the potential of Sheamus coming back, working Daniel Bryan. And, and oh, my God. Oh, my God. Daniel Bryan perhaps going after a mid-card title? Could it be? Oh, no. Uh, Daniel Bryan maybe. I mean, rumors circulating that he might be added to the uh, IC ladder match. Uh, Interesting stuff is the rumor mill really gets going. And, again, this is all stuff behind the scenes. This is us us speculating here. Um, But Daniel Bryan's role in WrestleMania very much up in the air. Well, Daniel Bryan... It's probably been the most, aside from Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan's probably been the, the most talked about guy as far as like what his potential role at WrestleMania could be this year. Um, it's been talked about that he would wrestle Brock in a singles match. It's been talked about that he could possibly wrestle Brock and, and Reigns in a triple threat match. Then it was talked about, you know, they'll do him and Dolph Ziggler one-on-one. Sheamus's name has been brought up, okay, with the possibility of Sheamus coming back tonight. Um, and then, as we saw on Thursday SmackDown, we saw Daniel Bryan kind of get involved in the hot potato um, scenario with the Intercontinental title, with R-Truth and Dean Ambrose. And, uh, Ziggler was involved in it Monday night, and the, then they announced the ladder match with Barrett defending the title. Um, at first, I heard rumors that there was talk of putting Daniel Bryan in this match, and it's, it's just rumor right now. It's just speculation. And I, when I thought of it, I was like, man, like go from the main event last year to being put in an Intercontinental Championship ladder match. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, let me just stop for a minute here. I go, Daniel Bryan's going to put on an entertaining, exciting match with whoever he's in the ring with, okay? The potential of him and Ziggler and Barrett and Ambrose and R-Truth and maybe a couple other guys thrown in there to make for an excellent ladder match, I mean, it could steal the show. It could be one of those, you know, show-stealing, money-in-the-bank style ladder matches that have stolen the show at WrestleManias of years past. And then I thought to myself, you know, Brian, he may not be treated like a top guy, but he really is a top guy. They depend on him for a lot of things. He may not wear the belt all the time, but they do depend on him to be, you know, uh, one of the guys pulling pulling the ship, you know what I mean, steering the ship. Um, and uh, him being in the Intercontinental title ladder match, it adds more prestige to the match. It adds more prestige to the title. I mean, the Intercontinental Championship scenario on Thursday SmackDown where each guy was kind of taking turns holding the belt and, and stealing it from one another, it had a good – it was in at least like three or four segments of the show spread out through a two-hour show. Talk about importance for a mid-card championship. I mean, you know, and, and then I thought about that, and I thought about Brian possibly being in it, and I was like, well, you know, it, the rumor is, is that if Brian does get involved in this match, the scenario to set it up is that – you know, he tried his hardest to be the world champion. He tried his hardest to be in the main event at WrestleMania. So what does he want to do at WrestleMania this year? The next best thing, that's go after a championship he's never won his entire time in WWE, the Intercontinental title. And then I thought, you know what? It makes sense. Now it makes sense. 
okay? Now I can live with his spot on the card. I mean, I'm a big Daniel Bryan fan, and I think he deserves more, okay? But in, in this this case, in this scenario for WrestleMania, I'm perfectly cool with him stealing the show in a ladder match with about six or seven other guys. I agree, man. I mean, it's it's a weird kind of dynamic, you know, now in, in pro wrestling with, with pro wrestling fans. And uh, now I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, I'm going to be at WrestleMania. Um, I'm lucky. I'm going to be spoiled. Uh, you know, Dave, you unfortunately won't be there, but you'll be watching. Uh, millions of people around the world will be watching. Thousands will be in attendance watching. I want four hours of entertainment. That is what I want. I want to be entertained for four hours. Um, I got guys that I really enjoy watching perform. Uh, you know, I want them to be put in, in situations where they can succeed. And I think this is awesome. I, I miss the ladder match at, at WrestleMania, the Money in the Bank match. I do miss that. I think that was something uh, really neat for WrestleMania. I miss that being part of the card. Um, adding some, you know, a, a ladder match uh, for the IC title with uh, some really, really great workers. I'm all for that. Uh, Daniel Bryan is going to go out there and steal the show for the IC title. I am all for that. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you know, hopefully Daniel Bryan has passed his injury problems. Hopefully has a long-standing career. So, I mean, just because he's, like, mid-card at this WrestleMania does not necessarily mean he won't be the main event at the next pay-per-view or at SummerSlam or at next year's WrestleMania. Uh, hopefully, Daniel Bryan has a very long, productive career. Uh, I got no problem with this. I I, I got no problem, really, with because I think, uh, you know, if in some way, shape, or form, if they want to make Sheamus a heel, I think it's perfect to make him a, to, to use Daniel Bryan's popularity to, against Sheamus. I'm okay with that, but I'm kind of excited about the potential of a, of a ladder match with, uh, you know, a bunch of really great workers. And, and we've talked about it a long time. And, and I think, again, Triple H gets a lot of undue criticism. Um, you know, it's like he gets blamed for everything that's bad and never given credit for the things he's doing well. And, you, you know, you, you want to look at NXT, like credit Triple H with NXT, you know, credit Triple H with giving guys like Dean Ambrose a shot. Uh, guys like Bray Wyatt, bringing, giving those young guys legitimate spots on the card. Um, you know, I like what Triple H is, is doing, and one of the things you, you kind of heard the rumblings uh, behind the scenes is one of the things that, that uh, Triple H wanted to do is to bring uh, some of the secondary titles back to prominence. What better way to bring that back, bring the IC title back to prominence than to have uh, Daniel Bryan in the, the title picture? You got John Cena involved in the in the title picture uh, for the U.S. title. So for me, I mean, I'm cool with this. You know, back in the day that with, when Mr. Perfect had the IC title, I mean, there was there was a time where the IC title was damn near close to to the world title, to the WWE title. You know, if Daniel Bryan wins the IC title and he brings that belt to, to prominence where it's it's close to being the most important title in the WWE, well, then good for him and good for the WWE. But you know, you know what, Dave, when it comes to, again, like I said, three-hour Raws every single week, two-hour SmackDowns, four-hour WrestleMania, three-hour pay-per-views, elevating the, you know, the, the secondary titles to me is key. It would really help 
these shows, these three-hour shows, to have all these titles mean something. So if that's the direction they go in, Dave, I'm, I'm actually cool with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am cool with it. I said, you know, I said earlier, I, 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 the, the reasons behind this positioning on the card, and, you know, I look back and I think the other names of guys that have had the main event at WrestleMania and then were in the main event every year, I think the only difference is with Brian and other guys that Brian's run got cut short. And I wish, I, I, I personally wish as a fan he would have gotten a little bit of a longer run but he's being used in a position where he's seen as a top guy in some cases. And, um, you know, adding some more prestige to the mid-card titles is not a bad thing in WWE. It's very much needed. Totally agree. Look, we got so much to get into tonight. We got a bunch of that being really patient out there on the phone. 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. It's a little bit early, but what the hell, because we want to get you guys on the line. I know a lot of you are on there. You guys are chomping at the bit to talk a little ROH, so we're going to get you get you after the break. we got a lot to talk about for the rest of the show. We're going to get into this year's Hall of Fame class, and uh, you know, no one's going to confuse it with uh, Andy Kaufman and, and Jerry the King Lawler on, on Letterman, but we got some talk show involvement as Seth Rollins getting into it with uh, uh, John Stewart this week on The Daily Show, so we'll get into that on the other side. But first, we do it around this time each and every week. It is time right now for the Day 5 50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. I would like to call this the early bird edition of the Day 5 50 <laughs> News Update. Our first story, it's official. After months of speculation, Rey Mysterio is no longer under contract according to the WWE. It was announced last week officially by WWE that Ray and Ray, excuse me, I'm talking too fast here, and Ray wasted no time in finding work as he's been announced as a featured guest for RF Video at the big event this weekend in LaGuardia, New York, and at Dave & Buster's in Philadelphia on Sunday. The big newsworthy item out of Mysterio's WWE departure is his current asking price for appearances. Something to the tune of $20,000 an appearance. Oh, M, God. I don't know about you, but I don't know of too many independent promotions that make $20,000 running a wrestling show after expenses, let alone dishing out that kind of cash for one individual. As of now, Mysterio is scheduled for a Comic-Con in the U.K. in June, and he'll be participating at WrestleCon in the RF video booth during WrestleMania weekend in San Jose this year. As far as his in-ring return goes, word on the street is he's expected to work for AAA out of Mexico and possibly their sister show, Lucha Underground. AAA is holding a press conference in a few weeks, and it's expected that that will be when Mysterio makes an appearance to announce his involvement with the promotion. And seeing as it's WrestleMania season, it was reported this week that Minneapolis, Minnesota has thrown their name into the ring and placed a bid to host WrestleMania 33 in the year 2017. Next year's WrestleMania event will emanate from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, home of the NFL's Dallas Cowboys. But a host city for the event in 2017 has not been determined. Minneapolis is in the process of building a brand-new state-of-the-art indoor football stadium to house the NFL's Minnesota Vikings and that stadium is expected to be finished by 2016. 
Other cities in the running for WrestleMania in 2017 are Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which hosted WrestleMania 15, and Orlando, Florida, which hosted WrestleMania 24 in 2008. Samoa Joe, former TNA star, main appearance on last night's Ring of Honor pay-per-view. He was announced for several dates with Ring of Honor earlier this week. Joe is currently working on a per-appearance deal with the promotion, and his last scheduled date with Ring of Honor is at the end of April. It should come as no surprise that Joe is receiving offers from numerous promotions, including AAA, Lucha Underground, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he even received an offer from the WWE last week. As of now, it's uncertain where Samoa Joe will end up, and it's quite possible he could reach an exclusive deal with Ring of Honor by the time those dates are up, but we will be sure to inform you on the whereabouts of the Samoan submission machine right here on the Day 5 5050 News Report. In a follow-up report from last week, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that it's indeed true, it's not a rumor, that Ring of Honor is in preliminary talks with Spike TV to air a live wrestling broadcast once a month on their network. The live special would air in the Friday evening primetime slot and would be in a rotating schedule with Al Heyman's boxing, glory kickboxing, and Bellator MMA. At this point, there's no word on if these talks are past the preliminary stage, but several officials in both companies were not aware that the two companies were in talks until the rumor spread throughout the media last week. It's also being said that Ring of Honor pitched the idea to AXS-TV, but they turned it down as they seem to be happy with the programming New Japan Pro Wrestling is distributing on their network. If Ring of Honor makes an impression on cable TV on a larger platform, it's very possible they could reach the number two spot in the pro wrestling landscape. And our final story this evening, with the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony at the end of this month, I've reported here on the day five of rumored names expected for enshrinement into the 2015 class. A few of those names being Ray the Crippler Stevens and the living legend Larry Zbysko. It looks as if neither of those individuals will make the cut into this year's class. No reason has been given as to why, but it's being said that their inductions could come next year. The headliner of this class, Macho Man, oh yeah, Randy Savage's induction is not expected to close the show this year, as WWE officials feel they do not want to close the ceremony on a somber note considering Randy Savage has passed away. Instead, WWE is rumored to be going with Kevin Nash, who is expected to be inducted as his character, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, to close out this year's Hall of Fame ceremony. And on a final note, Nash is expected to be inducted by his longtime friend and fellow Hall of Famer, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And there you have it, folks. That was the early bird edition of the Day 5 News Report. Only heard in between the top of the hour time frame, if you give or take a few phone calls waiting on the line. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Lots of interesting stuff going on. Uh, you know, it's funny. As I'm talking, I was just thinking, like, as I'm talking about, hey, you should give uh, Triple H some credit for what he does. It's like, uh, yeah, of course, a member of the clique, though, going <laughs> to close out the Hall of Fame show. Go figure. Anyway, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We're going to go out to the phones. We got a lot of you, and we got Tony is on the line right now. And I'm assuming Tony you probably want to talk ROH. Tony, how you doing this evening? I'm doing I'm doing great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I give us to us, man. Give us our ROH report. Here we go. Okay, yeah. Uh, like, like, like always, Ring of Honor gave gave a really awesome show. I mean, you know, they had a you had a great. Uh, you had a three, you know, three championship matches. You had some guys from New Japan in there, AJ Styles, and this was AC uh, against ACH. I got up. What an awesome match! I mean, you know, it's like AJ is like, uh, you know, it's like he's one of the best wrestlers out there. I, I, you know, it was ACH's best showing today against, against you know, with with AJ. Uh, we had a, a four away for the title. Uh, it was a little a, a little overbooked with a few screwy running to the ring and a ref bump, but it, it was it was still good. You know, I mean, it was Jay Briscoe, Tommaso Ciampa, Hanson, and Michael Elgin. Uh, and you know, in a in a four way, it was really it was a fun match. You had the t- uh, Red Dragon against the Young Bucks for the tag titles. Those two teams, you know, it's like any time they're in a match, it's the Show Stealer. Those guys are just amazing. You had um, Alberto El Patron and Jay Lethal for the TV title. And Jay Lethal retained, and you know, Jay Lethal is actually this is actually something that actually ties into this secondary titles, but they've actually given, you know, like Jay Lethal, I think they're going to give him a long run with the TV belt. He's had it for close to a year now, I think. I think he won it at the Supercard of Honor last year, which is two days, like, that's there, that's the two days before WrestleMania, so sure they do. And he's been champion for for quite a while, and he's, he's even been saying on the shows, that, you know, it's like, he's he's the main champion, you know, it's like he wants to fight the, you know, the top guy in the company. He, he you know, it's him, you know, he's got the TV belt, so I think he might get, you know, like the like like the long run. Um, I don't know if it'll be like t- almost two years, like Rob Van Dam with the ECW TV title back in the you know, 98, 99. But I, I think they're gonna really, you know, I, I, they're they're doing a great job with everybody, you know, with him, with the Rio, uh, everybody, you know. I mean, the, the Samoa Joe, the Samoa Joe promo before the main event was was great. You know, he was saying, you know, Samoa Joe's home, you know, and everything. And, uh, you know, he was saying, you know, whoever wins the four way, you know, he, he's he's going for the title. And then they had. Jay Briscoe and Samoa Joe face off at the in the in the ring, uh, and it, it was a great way to close the show out. And they even had Joe face off with Michael Elgin. As, you know, as Elgin was walking to the back, and Joe came out. So they might do something with those guys too. That that could be a crazy match. Uh, but as far as Samoa Joe, it's like if he's you know, like anybody on on Ring of Honor or New Japan, it's like it's like it's like anybody on both rosters. He can have a match with any of them, and they, and they would be really they would be great. You know, what I mean, you could even you know, I was like it, and the possibility you can. Now with with AJ and Christopher Daniels there, uh, you know there also you can always possibly do the, the greatest TNA match in history on Ring of Honor. And my God, if it, if it was great in TNA, how how awesome would it be on a Ring of Honor or a Japan show? I mean, my God. And then um, you had a three way. Ta- well, it was supposed to be a tag a three way tag match, but Doc Gallows was uh, didn't make the show because of. The weather problems or whatever. So it was Carl Anderson actually going by himself against Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, known as the Kingdom with Maria and uh, Daniel Kazarian. So it was like a five-person match instead of three teams. It was Carl Anderson versus the other two teams. And Taven and Bennett got the win. They pinned Carl Anderson, so they might go over to New Japan and challenge for the IWGP Tag Titles at some point. I don't know. They might go back there. Um, you had ODB against Maria for you know uh, that was a really that was that was good too. They did some good spots there. Um, you had Matt Seidel and Cedric Alexander, uh, really good opener. 
you know, I, mean, I think they're going to be turning Cedric Hill because it was like the fans were chanting for Seidel a, a, a lot more than they were for uh, Cedric. And it was like at the end, Cedric, like, you know, like kind of shook, you know, he shook Seidel's hand, but he, like, kind of walked out, like, all, like, you know, like, all frustrated. But, yeah, and so I, I'm thinking they're probably going to turn him heel. But, you know, it's like the booking in, in ROH is, is so, is amazing. You know, it's just like, you know, like Delirious is the, you know, it does such a great job. You know, it's it, it's awesome. And it's like, uh, I, you know, I just like I say every time I talk ROH, it's like it's always you know it's like I just can't say enough. I just can't say enough good things about it. It's just, it's just so so freaking amazing. It's uh, you know, and uh, if it, it's, I don't know, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'd heard about the spike rumor too. Uh, I mean, my God, if they, if they do that, it's like that's going to be on TNA's old channel against Impact. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, you know, and Dave said it. I mean, you know, ROH really has a, a chance to, uh, you know, be the, the, the second wrestling company uh, in the country and on the planet. Um, you know, it, it, it. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, I, I mean, on full disclosure, I, I mean, it's a pay-per-view. The, the WWE and the network, I'll be honest, you know, not having to pay for a pay-per-view anymore, like, I mean, the nine ninety-nine a month, uh you know, saving a couple bucks. So I, I did not get a chance to, to watch ROH. Unfortunately, we don't get paid to do this show. Um, but to be honest, you know, I, I try to catch videos when I can online. Uh, the stuff I've seen, I mean, I, I don't really know a lot of the storylines going on ROH, but the matches uh, are pretty impressive. And, you know, if they're on TV, I, I'd be on board with, with watching them on a regular basis. So uh, that, that really could swing things in their direction. Again, I don't know if there's any company that could – really do anything uh, versus WWE, but, uh, you know, all positives. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I, I hate to turn it negative, but was there anything on the show that you would say, eh, you know, didn't work? I mean, you're, you're really, you're as, as a wrestling fan, I mean, you're really gushing. Well, yeah, like I say, you know, most of I say on the whole, it was a really great show, but, you know, like I said, anything that I would say was that was – was kind of like head scratching. It was like they're doing this storyline where you got these guys with the hoods and these red masks watching the, uh, you know, like watching the matches sometimes, and they actually interfered in the title match, uh, while you know during the ref bump. So that part of it was kind of a little overbooked, and you had uh, so you had that, and then a guy by the name of Ray Rowe who was out for uh, for a number of months come back, you know, returned, and he just kind of ran them off. So it was kind of like it was kind of like a lot of it was kind of. A little, it was odd to see it, to see that happen, you know, if you, like seeing these guys with these red masks who look like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, the, I don't know what they are, but, or who they're going to be. But that, that, that's pretty much the only, that's pretty much the only thing I can say about the Ring of Honor that, you know, that was kind of, you know, the weakest part. I mean, you know, the, the finish was kind of like it was like one guy um, did like a spin kick to uh, the Jay Briscoe too, and I think he fell onto. Michael Elgin, and, and that was a finish. And I thought that was a little weak, but it was. But yeah, I, don't, I, I still, like I say, overall, it was still, it was still an amazing show. It's, you know, so you know, it's like you can, you know, if they're gonna do like Jay Briscoe versus Samoa Joe, maybe you throw AJ Styles in there. I, I don't know. I mean, they can do anything. But uh, yeah, it's and even you know, it's like and the Ring of Honor. I mean, you can you can watch it on their website. You can watch it on their web. You know, it's up. It's up there for uh, you know ringside members. It's up there on Mondays. You can watch it on Thursdays. I mean, so if you want to, you know, watch it or you know, if you want to start getting into it, you know, you, you, you can watch it right there on ROHRSN dot com. So you know, it's you know, so it's you're really funny. you're you're an ROH commercial man. You're you're just uh, good <laughs> stuff. But I, you know, again, like you know, you just hear and, and you know, this 
it's interesting right now with with some of the ROH and uh, you know Dave jump in but you know what, what I find intriguing is when you get people talking about ROH um, it's rare that you hear anything bad uh, but, you know wrestling fans are are pretty excited and uh, you know downright giddy just to talk about ROH is bringing to the table not not to not to you know and I don't watch enough Ring of Honor you know to 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 really comment on their product and not to, you know, downplay, you know, Tony, your excitement and your, your, your opinion on the product itself. But I mean, it's, it's, it's not seen by a lot of people. It's in a, you know, it's in, it's in a small television market and, you know, Ring of Honor's audience reminds me of the original ECW audience. They are like a hardcore, they're a niche audience in, in a way. Where they, they that's that's the product that they live and die by, and that's the best in the world, and that's great that they have that that passion and the fan base for it. But you know, not everything to me. Like I've I've seen a couple of things on Ring of Honor. Like I have a couple of Ring of Honor DVDs. I have like the very first show they ever did um, on DVD, and I mean the, the matches were exciting, and I'm sure the product has evolved since then. And I've seen some of the more recent stuff, but. Guys do all these crazy stuff and these crazy spots, and that's cool and it's exciting and all, but a lot of times these guys don't sell for the stuff that's taking place. Somebody can give you a pile driver and they're not selling for it, you know what I mean? Or, or they do some crazy spot where they flip 40 times in the air out from the top rope out to the floor through about 12 guys, and, then, and they all get up at the same time. So to me, there's some parts of like the, the, the old-school, traditional like basics of wrestling that are in that product, but there's also some of that stuff that just kind of gets thrown out the window. And to me, that makes some of it not believable. But I, from what I've seen, I've enjoyed watching it. And I'm not trying to put down your opinion. They do put out a good product, but there's, but to me, there's just some things about it that, like, don't make sense. You know what I mean? No, I, I well, I mean, I, okay, I hear what you're saying, but, I mean, a lot of what they do actually – Really does make more sense. The storylines are actually done a lot are done sto- better. I'm not, no, no, I'm not talking about the, the storylines. I'm just talking about some of the in-ring stuff. Some of the guys that are the real big spot monkeys. They like, they like, they, you know, back in the day, they they would do stuff that like, you know, you, you would expect to, you know, you would expect the guy to be killed from, and then he gets up, like, you know, you know what I mean? Or they give somebody a guy their finish, like five times during the match, and the guy kicks out. You know what I mean? Not the storylines itself. I've read some of the reports on the storylines. The storylines are good, from what I hear. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're very well done. I mean, you know, it's like every, everything from the, you know, it's like it's, it, you know, they do just they, they do they do such a great job, you know, with the booking and everything. You know, and, you know, I kept just thinking about the, the the whole no selling and like doing like fifty spots or whatever. But so, you know, it's like it's it's like as it's happening, I'm, you know, it's like I just get so caught up in the moment that it's just amazing. I'm just amazed at how at what these guys can do, and it's just you know, it's I I just find myself you know just blown away by by the by the talent that these guys have, especially guys you know like the Young Bucks and the, and you know Red Dragon, AJ Styles, Daniel Kazarian, Michael Bennett, Matt Taven. I mean these guys these guys are all really talented guys. Briscoe's, Michael Hogan, Roderick Strong. I mean everybody on that roster was really. I mean they're all they're all really good. they're all really good. They're, they're great in you know, in in the ring. I mean I don't care what <laughs> they're little bit of These guys these guys really know how to put on a match. Well, good stuff, Tony. Thanks a lot, you know, and, and again, like, thanks a lot for giving us a call because uh, you help us out with the ROH stuff, and, uh, you know, I'm excited. I mean, I hope, you know, more good wrestling is, is better for wrestling fans, so uh, 
hoping they come to a, a TV set near us uh, real soon on Spike TV. We'll we'll see if that happens. Tony, thanks a lot for the phone call, and uh, talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy, brother. Yeah, you too. Yeah, good stuff from Tony. Uh, you know, I hear what you're saying, Dave. You know, that's the problem with, like, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, matches that, you know, you have a lot of spots. As much as, you know, the storylines are, are making sense, it does uh, – you know, when someone's getting absolutely murdered for, for you know, 20 minutes and, and they just kick out of every pin, it does, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know, it, it, I don't want to say it hurts it, but it, it, it does pull out, uh, take away a little bit of the realism. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's certain, you know, sometimes it even happens on WWE. You know, a guy will, a, a guy will, you know, take a DDT or a guy will take a powerbomb and, you know, he'll be absolutely killed from it, and then you know he gets up just like that. I mean, sometimes some of the some of the the, the physical stuff isn't believable, you know, or if, if it's supposed to be believable, they're not quite selling it like they should. I got you. I can see that. Good, good exchange of ideas. Uh, let's go back out to the phones three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Is Mr. Trivia on the line? Load up, phone. Load up. Uh, hey, Mr. what's up, Ken? How yeah, you doing, how you doing? Good. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, call and say, you know, I agree with you guys with the Daniel Bryan situation, but I was talking with my co-host on the show yesterday, and, you know, we were discussing Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, and I looked at him and I said, I wonder who would make a better heel champion. Would it be Roman Reigns? Or would it be Daniel Bryan? And we were just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I told him, I said, you know, I, said, I think Roman Reigns, if, if, anybody, if any one of those two would possibly, I don't see, see it happening, but if any of them, if one of those two possibly would turn heel, eh, maybe it might be Roman Reigns. You know, you never know. The same with Brock Lesnar, you know, like you said with his contract, he's got, you know, a few days left and, you know, if he comes back, he comes back. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But uh, it, should, it should be interesting to see what uh, where that contract is going to take uh, Brock Lesnar and how the WWE is going to handle it. I agree with you, man. And it, it's an interesting uh, concept. And, and I think it, you, the problem with like heel turning and, and stuff na- nowadays is is the modern day wrestling fan and being able to turn someone truly heel. And the problem with Daniel Bryan right now is I think I think Daniel Bryan would make an excellent heel. I think he, he you know, as we saw, like, but then it, it, you know, caught on. But when he started the yes chant and it was just kind of an obnoxious kind of, at least that's what it's supposed to be. Um, I think he's, you know, he's he's got, he knows the business. He's He's got a bit of that psychology. I think he'd be really good at it. The problem is nowadays, uh, because everyone knows it's sports entertainment, everyone knows it's scripted, that, you know, God forbid if Daniel Bryan's an entertaining heel, he's going to get cheered. So I, I do think as much as I think he could be a good heel, it would be really difficult to get the crowd and then the fans to, to actually boo him in, in the truest sense of a traditional heel. Um, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, Roman Reigns would make a good heel because you could just turn him into a, a badass, uh, you know, and then maybe give him a mouthpiece. So uh, as much as I think Daniel Bryan might have, you'd have to give him the nod, I think, at least right now, as far as charisma. And, and you know, 30 years ago, I would I would definitely say Daniel Bryan would, would make a better heel because I think he's more a little more charismatic 
right now uh, than Roman Reigns is. However, I, I don't think you'd be able to get the crowd to, to boo Daniel Bryan at this point. What do you think, Dave? It's You know what? I look at it like this. That when you can when his, the yes chants when when the yes chants stop and when people have you know when the reactions start getting mild for Daniel Bryan then that's when you can turn him heel but he's you know everywhere he goes is yes 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 everyone goes they go ape shit for him so you can't you know you, you can't he, I'm sorry but you, you can't turn him right now it, it, the logical choice would have to be Reigns because Reigns is not as popular as Bryan. Yeah, I agree there. I agree there. I got four days to go before WrestleFest. I can't wait. I'm excited to go see that. That's in Waterbury, Connecticut. And uh But yeah, we were uh, you know, just sitting back and, you know, we we're talking about the pay per view with the crowd at the at the fast lane pay per view. I mean, if I wasn't sitting there watching it, if I sat there and closed my eyes, I would have never even known there were people there. I mean the crowd was I mean, especially the gold dust match, I mean I sat there and I said to my co-host, "It's like, where are all these people? I mean, you know, they've got so they got some of these guys that are so over with some of the fans that you know the crowd was was loud for. I mean, they were loud for Randy Orton. They were, you know, they were loud for a few other guys. But I mean, I understand, you know, Gold Dust and Stardust. I mean, you know, people really, yeah, okay, let's see this match. Okay, we'll see what happens. But I mean, you know, have a, you know, don't sit there like you don't have a pulse." I mean, you know, make make some kind of noise or something. But I don't know. I'm just hoping that you know, WrestleMania. It's my Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it so much. I mean, I can't wait. I told the guys on the show yesterday. I think, in my opinion, I know Dave's probably going to disagree with me. Ken, you're probably going to disagree with me. But that's the thing about wrestling. We we agree to disagree. But I think the last two pay per views, one match, saved the pay per view. And with WrestleMania, we don't have to worry about that because I believe every match is going to be a stellar match, star-studded match. I can't wait for it. But, um, guys, we've got a lot of big things coming up on, uh, just like you guys, the greatest greatest out there. Dave, the Dave Five Report, greatest report in wrestling today. Keep up the good work. I enjoy listening to it. Um, and we got a lot of big things coming up on the top rope. We've got Abdullah the Butcher coming on. We've got Diamond Dallas Page coming on. So hopefully uh, in the near future, you know, we'll be taken off by leaps and bounds. Mr. Trivia is going to be going to the New England Fan Fest uh, the weekend of July, uh, January 26th, uh, June 26th. So we're looking forward to that. And like I said, WrestleFest coming up uh, Friday, March 6th at Crosby High School in Waterbury. It's going to be good. Roddy Piper is going to be there. Jerry Lawler. Main event is Matt Hardy against Alberto El Patron. So that should be an interesting uh, card. And uh, Ken, Dave, you guys have yourself a great night. Enjoy Monday Night Raw, and we'll uh, be talking to you again. Thanks a lot, Mr. Trivia. Take it easy. All right. Yeah, Mr. Trivia, he's always he's always good with the compliments, Dave. Like it's, I feel like as he's talking, like uh, my headphones are getting tighter, my head's just kind of getting bigger. I'm not gonna be able to fit it out the studio door. But <laughs> a good guy, good stuff. Uh, I don't, you know. I guess he brings up a good point. I mean, the last couple of pay-per-views uh, may be saved by, by a match or two. Uh, last pay-per-view, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Last pay-per-view could have given you all five-star matches. I mean, that was, I don't know, it was like a crowd full of corpses. Uh, it was, like, scary. It was weird how 
not into it the uh, the crowd was at the last pay per view. But uh, again, you know, with Daniel Bryan and, and what they might be potentially doing with them, I, I I kind of agree with with Mr. Trivia saying as far as WrestleMania, you know, potential to have good matches when when you you spread that that talent across the card. Uh, so I mean, Daniel Bryan, as much as you know, you want to see him in the main event somewhere in the mid card. You know, it helps give you that that solid four hour show. Yeah, I mean, it, it you spread out all the talent, and it may it looks like you know an even playing field. I mean, that's why WrestleMania, in some ways, you know, it's not it really isn't just one main event. There's you know three or four. I mean, you know, I can go back to how I you know here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example. WrestleMania 19, which is probably one of my favorite WrestleManias. I put it in like my top three top top five, there were so many matches that could have been the main event. I mean, you had a dream match and Shawn Michaels returning after five years to face Chris Jericho. Triple H and Booker T for the world title. Hulk Hogan versus Mr. McMahon in a, in a street fight. Stone Cold versus The Rock for the final time. Undertaker had a handicap match against Big Show and I think uh, A-Train or whoever. Then you had Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. I mean, they had all those matches, nine matches on the card. Six of them were 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 were, were matches, main event guys. So I mean, it, it 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 helps that there's a level of importance and star quality in each match at WrestleMania because then it makes the whole card feel like wow, as opposed to like some WrestleManias in years past where one or two matches have been like the headliners, the main events, and everything else has just kind of been you know, filler. You know, it, it, it helps that that they that WWE does that with the WrestleMania cards every year, and, and especially this year because we're looking at mm-hmm. you know the year where um, you know they're transitioning. It, it, it's clear that they are transitioning from you know the established names like John Cena into more prominent names like Reigns, Rollins, Ambrose, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt. You know, the list goes on and on, and having those names have big moments and matches at WrestleMania is very important for the future of you know, the roster and WWE and WrestleMania is to come. It's just great. I mean, it's, it's again, we've talked about it a lot, you know, over the past, uh, you know, in the past, uh, last year, whatever that, you know, it is in a transitional period and who's going to wind up being, you know, the, the next guy to, to lead this company. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. And we got Anthony on the line, who another big ROH guy, and geez, blog talk is is slow at the loading today. Waiting, the circle goes round and round. Will the phone actually answer? The suspense is killing me as it just keeps. There we go, Anthony. Are you there? I'm here. That suspense was killing me too. I was like holding my breath, getting ready to say something. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's but, funny, man. I mean, I love blog talk, and it, it kind of allows us to have this sort of platform, which is. It's really kind of neat that the technology's gotten to the point, but man, you know, every so often it just you know it's, it's got to keep you honest. It's like you know you're all excited and you get you think it's part of your routine, and then no, we're gonna crap out on you right now. But at least we got you a little slow, but we got you. What do you got for us tonight? Well, I'm gonna get in. Uh, I'm gonna get into the ROH quick. Um, I mean, uh, Tony kind of uh, gave you a broad coverage of it. Uh, the work was great. The entertainment value was great. Uh, they keep the show moving. There's very, very little downtime, which can be a detriment because there's really no bathroom break because you don't even want to, like, get off and go to the bathroom. You're like, oh, what am I going to miss? 
because they just kept running them out there. And uh, the tag match that he brought up with the uh, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon was, wow. Uh, I mean, I have a hard time saying anything's the best thing I've ever seen, but it was very, very good. And uh, it, it was my favorite match of the show, even though a lot of my guys that I see on local a local scene uh, wrestled last night. I think I counted. I think there was only one match that was on that didn't have any that didn't have anybody in it that I haven't seen in the last eight ten months. So that was a really cool part about watching on pay per view. But I am going to give you some bad because uh, you can gloat about all that all that stuff of how great the show was and the storylines are great and the work is great and all that. But if you're going to put on a pay per view and charge people forty five dollars and try to get to that next level, the production value has to step up. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It had that, and I love the indies, and trust me, I have no problem, at, no problem with ROH having that indie feel. I think it adds to it. I think that's great. But if you're going to try to, like what Dave was saying before, how it's almost like a cold filing or an ECW filing, if you're going to try to broaden that and go on spike, I really feel they have to raise the production value. I mean, there was times in the show where it was you had trouble hearing the announcers. Um, the, the, the lighting, uh, you can see everything in the ring, but you don't get that whole, like, the WWE is a, a, a production. Every match is a production. You know, I, I mean, I don't expect them to be on that level, but they're they're not even close to the TNA level when it comes to production. And I think if they're going to make it to that level, that TNA or beyond, that's one thing I really feel they have to step it up because because I love the work and the matches are great and I like a lot of the guys that I saw wrestle, I don't mind spending the $45. But if that was my first ROH experience and that's not my biggest thing, I'm not sure I'd be that happy with it. So, I mean, not no, just me really giving, you, giving you the other side of it, you know what I mean? It's a really good point. I mean, you know, and it's funny, and you're right. You know, you, certain things you accept and certain things. You know, I went to an indie show uh, this this past weekend, and, and you know, the, the front of the ring, like, most of it was in shadows. Um, and for me, as a, it really took away from the show. I mean, it, it was awful. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a great show anyway, but, uh, I mean, the, the, the front of the ring really, really bothered me. It really took away from the show, and... And that's like you're saying, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you know, to me it was like, all right, these guys really got to look at their lighting situation because the whole front of the ring is in shadows. Um, but it's something almost you kind of accept out of, you know, your typical indie promotion that there's going to be technical glitches, there's going to be certain lighting aspects, that money is tight. Um, but you're, you're a, an independent promotion. If you're, if you're ready to take that next step, you really want to play with the big boys and you got the product that you think can compete with the big boys, those other little things, you, you got to, you have to get squared away. And, and if the lighting and the audio and stuff like that are, are not in sync and are not working, you're right. I mean, if you if you forked over your hard-earned money for certain fans, you know, that could take a lot away from the experience. And as you're a company trying to build, you, you really got to make sure you're not losing fans based on your production value. Yeah, absolutely, and it is you know, and it's it's things like you you know what I mean. If you know enough about any kind of TV show, there a lot goes into it—the uh, camera angles and the things like that. 
I mean, at one point, um, it was in the first match, and I and actually, I actually said it to myself. I'm like, if they do this off show, I'm gonna get pissed. Like Seidel and Cedric Anderson are are wrestling in the ring, and they're showing a faraway angle, and half the screen's taken up by a chandelier. And it's like, um, I hope that was a mistake, and they're gonna have to use that angle again because I mean, and they showed the angle, uh, you know, at other times when when people were walking down or when they were setting up for a match, which is fine. But while wrestlers are in the ring wrestling, I mean, those are those are big things. You've got to be able to see what's going on. I mean, it. What, I don't want to make it sound like it was awful because it really wasn't awful, but I'm just kind of giving you the other side of it. And and because I love the product so much, I, I, I'd love to see them succeed, and I'd love to see some, some kind of competition for WWE out there because even with uh, – with Alberto El Patron, you know, Del Rio wrestling. I mean, you could just, he just looked like, he just, he was just different. I mean, you you could just see it in his face. He, he, it was almost like he was having fun again. I, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not a mind reader or anything like that. But just from having watched guys wrestle enough, you know, maybe towards the end of WWE, he was going through the motions a little. I mean, I don't want to accuse him of anything, but. He just last night. He just looked like he was having fun. He was just wrestling. He was doing things I've never seen him do. And I'm also going to be at WrestleFest on on Friday night. And I'm even more pumped up for it now because I'm like, wow, if he wrestles Matt Hardy like that, I mean, I mean, think about Matt Hardy and Alberto Del Rio, you know, in a high school gym at this stage of the game. I mean, he that's that's pretty awesome, you know. And I and I'm now I'm even more pumped up for WrestleFest because I just saw him last night. And I'm like, wow, he just looked awesome. That's all. Yeah, I mean, you know, guy, and I and I would guess that on some levels, you know, if if you just if, if you know, as as a performer, and and if we look at professional wrestlers as performers and uh, you know artists, um, yeah, I mean, if you if you're in a situation where you're not being challenged creatively and you know you can do better, but you're being handcuffed. Uh, by the writing or, or, or the, the direction or whatever it is, uh, you know, that can really hamper you as an artist. And, and sometimes, you know, even like for a guy, again, and it's speculation, but for a guy like Del Rio, I mean, he might not even realize he's going through the motions. It's just, you know, he's kind of getting the script every week and this is what the WWE wants for me and then blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he's finally free to that and he, and he kind of gets a little bit of creative freedom and maybe that kind of uh, – you know, inspires him a little bit and, and gets him uh, re-motivated, uh, you know, to, to do some great things in the ring. I've always liked him, so I'm, I'm happy to hear uh, that he's he's back to doing some great things uh, in the ring. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, I'm curious your thoughts as, as we, uh, you know, we were talking earlier in the show uh, about Brock Lesnar and his contract and all the rumblings and heading into WrestleMania and Daniel Bryan's situation. I mean, what are your thoughts as we... You know, head into WrestleMania season, uh, where the, the direction of the WWE is going in. Oh, I'm kind of glad you asked me that because I did want to comment on that. I, I got to be honest, the whole Lesnar thing—it's it, kind of annoying me. I got to be honest with you. Um, I, again, it's reports. We don't know what's true and stuff like that. But you know, I'm kind of like you. I go back and forth with Lesnar. You know, when you're when he's building up for that match, it's like, oh God, I can't wait to see it and you get what you got at Royal Rumble and, you know, at SummerSlam and things like that. But then you hear reports like this, and I don't know what his problem is or what his beef is or if he really has one. But if he does, I mean, I just don't understand it. Uh, you're making 
I don't know what he's making, but we all know it's pretty pretty well. You know, it's, it's more than well any living. of us. Yeah, a lot more than we are. And it's like, dude, you wrestled four times in the last year. Like, and it's, I'm I'm not even exaggerating. That's probably exactly what it is. Four times you made twenty appearances. You don't do house shows. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, people kill John Cena, but this guy is wrestling what three hundred days a year. He's doing house shows, make a wishes, every pay per view, every Raw, a bunch of SmackDowns. I mean, you know, people want to kill him, but the guy just busts his ass for the business. And then you have a guy like Lesnar who, I mean, I just I get the feeling like he's just there for the money. Like, yeah, I'll go out and have fun, and they'll make me the beast, and I'm going to be the biggest badass and all this crap, but I, I'm there for my paycheck, and that's what I got. So my whole feeling on Lesnar is this. If he, if he doesn't show up at WrestleMania and screws him, I mean, I'm not going to kill WWE if WrestleMania ends up not being what we expect it to be because that, in a way, is out of their hands. Even if he does, if he leaves because of some stupid beef over whatever merchandising, you know what? Go away and just just stay away this time. You know, don't even go back to UFC. Go go back to Minnesota. Go in your million dollar wide cabin on your eight hundred acres of hunting land with your private gym and stay there. We don't want to see you anymore. I don't want to hear from you. I mean, that's 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 where I'm at with Lesnar. I can't take it anymore. You know, you watch this kind of stuff as entertainment and as a stress reliever, whatever you want to call it. It's your hobby, and you know, you're trying to get pumped up for WrestleMania. And you got to deal with this crap. Like, I'd rather be worried about what matches are going on or is Reigns going to live up to a main event snatch or match. And, you know, it's it's interesting what's going on with Daniel Bryan. I mean, I kind of had the same thought. You know, I guess you guys have, like, wow, they're, they're really going to put him in a IC match. But by the other token, if you really, you know, Ambrose cut a good promo about wanting to bring the IC title back to prominence, and, I mean, if you have a ladder match for the IC title with Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, you know, all these guys, I mean, to me, it makes it a prominent title again. Maybe it becomes that kind of SmackDown championship like the heavyweight title used to be before they uh, combined them. But, you know, again, I, you know, I don't want to ramble on, but the Lesnar thing, I just, I, I can't even take it. Like, <laughs> I almost, at this point, I'm getting to the point again where I just want him to leave. Like, I don't, I don't want him to leave for the sense that, you don't want to have that um, guarantee that he's not walking out of WrestleMania with the title. Like, you definitely want to have the, you know, you know, he could retain, which would be great for WrestleMania. But for down the road, maybe it's just better that he does leave. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I think I'm just aggravated, and that's why I feel that way. But I'm just kind of fed up with Lesnar, to be honest with you. It's funny because you know it's almost and on some levels it, it's almost like that that girl. That that uh, you know dumped you. It's like your ex girlfriend, and then you, you kind of remember. You start to remember the fond ways, the fond things, and you and you get back together with her, and then she does the same thing to you over again. You know, and that's because it, it's interesting. And, and I totally hear what you're saying because when Lesnar first came back, and people went, you know, batshit crazy like Lesnar's back. I, I was one of the fans. I was like, I, I don't care. I don't. I mean, I like Lesnar, but uh, you know he. You know he 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 badmouthed wrestling. Um, you know I took it as a wrestling fan. I took it personally that as a wrestling fan, I I am constantly defending being a wrestling fan. So for Lesnar to to walk out 
and, and kind of badmouth wrestling, to me it was like, oh, fine, good, go, good riddance to you, don't come back. You know, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. And, you know, when he first came back, like I said, I wasn't happy. And But as I spoke on earlier in the show, um, this year kind of, you know, he sucked me back in. He brought me back in and, uh, you know, being the monster and, and, and just giving you that, that special feel around the title and, and that big fight feel kind of got me into it again. And you're right. He's, he's one of those guys that are we going to, you know, after this monster run this year, um, is, is he going to leave us high and dry and kind of walk away? So, I mean, it's, it's very intriguing. I hope that's not the case. I hope he stays around, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those guys, like if, if this ends poorly, uh, well, I'm right there with you, Anthony. Don't come back. Just just go away. Don't come back. I, I just don't want to see you again. But remains to be seen what will happen there. Anthony, thanks a lot for the phone call. Uh, good stuff as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take right. care. I'll talk to you next take week. Take it easy, brother. You too. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting stuff that, that he brings up with Brock. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, Dave, but I kind of, you know, if this after beating Taker, and this year that Lesnar has had, if it if it ends with a and he just kind of you know a whimper and he walks out the door, man, it's going to be a real crappy way to end this year. Yeah, I, I, I truly believe so. I mean, they, I I still think that the the end game for them for WWE is that the person who beats Lesnar is going to benefit from beating the guy who ended the streak. However, I still think that there could have been. More uh, a better follow up from from Lesnar beating Undertaker. Granted, he demolished Cena and that was great, but after that, it just kind of went like crash and burn. So, I mean, I, yeah, it's it, it will it will suck if it if it ends on a if it ends on a poor note. Um, but it's not surprising at the same time because this is Brock Lesnar and he's all about Brock Lesnar. Remains to be seen. I mean, who knows what the hell is going to go on, but, uh, ah, you know, it's just disappointing, again, that we're on the road to WrestleMania, and, and you know, the, this, his the champion's contract is uh, and legit. I mean, we have to talk about it, and it's, it's the biggest story in wrestling right now. Let's go back out to the phones, because we got Mr. Mike is on the line. Mike, how you doing this evening? Hey, good, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. What do you got for us? Well, first, I got two apologies to make, and I'll just do this one. Uh, I'm sorry that I called you in the career, and I'm sorry to the IWC that I cheer for John Cena, too. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to try and make sense of all that. Uh, in the world of pro wrestling, what do you got for us? That was the world of pro wrestling, man. I was. That was... That was the that was the I'm sorry rap, and it was to my my friend out there, Dave Rosenbluth. I said I'm sorry for calling him in the career, and I'm sorry for the IWC that I cheer for John Cena because the IWC is crap. That's what I think about them. <laughs> well, that's that's something we can agree with, and and as far as the IWC goes, I mean, I kind of feel like they're they're going to be uh, quite outraged. Uh, if Daniel Bryan is is fighting for the IC title, I think it's kind of neat and it really helps that belt. Uh, your thoughts on on you know we're talking about it. We, you know it's it's up in the air right now where the hell Daniel Bryan's going to be on the card. Uh, your thoughts on potentially him going for the IC title? 
Well, that that that's definitely he should be um, going for the IC title. He should, you know, I like what he did on SmackDown, how he teased a little bit with the no, 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 and it made him look like he was going to turn heel and everything. But forget that. I got more important. We got more important things to talk about, like Brock Lesnar. And here's what how I would book this scenario. For WrestleMania, I would do this. I would have Brock Lesnar come out with, 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 uh, with Paul Heyman together. They go to the ring, they wrestle with Roman Reigns, and then and then there's a turn, and Paul Heyman turns on Brock, and Roman Reigns is your winner, and Brock rides into the sunset for the uh, second time, and that's it. And then and then you put and then you put Heyman and uh, Rain, Roman Reigns together because Roman Reigns is not getting over, and Paul Heyman can get him all. Hopefully, can get him over. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because, I mean, I've, there's been a lot of speculation with that. And I, you know, it gives something, like, interesting coming out of WrestleMania if, the, you know, especially if Brock Lesnar's contract, uh, you know, is is done. So we know he's done after WrestleMania. At least uh, well, he was at, we get, uh, he get was a at heel race and, and uh, uh, Paul Heyman uh, manager. Hmm. Let's give us something right. cool going forward. What do you think, Dave? What's that? I'm sorry. My phone was cut now. Oh, sorry. About the, the potential of uh, uh, Reigns turning at WrestleMania and, and Heyman uh, joining forces to uh, screw Brock Lesnar out of the title. It, it, would, it would be a great little swerve, but I think that should only be done if they have plans to bring Lesnar back um, so that you know Lesnar can get his heat back but and build towards a rematch with Lesnar and Reigns. Excuse me. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'd be a big proponent for it. I think Reigns needs help on the microphone. And I think Heyman, of course, obviously is a great stick man. So why not? I mean, it, 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 it's a good idea. And the reason why I said um, to to do it to do it the way I said to do it was because Brock's leaving. We all know Brock's leaving. First of all, him and McMahon had a very heated argument. To where it to where it sounded like Vince needed help, but nobody went ran to Vince's rescue. I heard it was all right, so you know. Um, but that's the thing. That's the thing um, about this. We you never know what's going to happen. I was asked about that yesterday on my on my good friend Mr. Trivia's show because I'm I I do a guest spot where where uh, we go over the pay per view and I give my opinions and we talked a lot about um, we talked a lot about the pay per view. Fastlane, and we talked a lot about um, Brock Lesnar. He asked me if I thought that Brock, what, what Brock was going to do, and what he heard because Brock was at the UFC. You know, it was a coincidence. I doubt that he knew what he was doing. Brock's not stupid. So Brock said, "Oh, Dana White said, oh, he didn't even know he was coming. He just took a plane out." Yeah, okay. We know. We you know us wrestling fans, real wrestling fans, weren't born yesterday. So. But that's but that's what uh that's what we were talking about with that and Brian Daniel Bryan why not you know put him in a you know a title picture make the you you know Intercontinental Championship relevant hey he hasn't been he hasn't been Intercontinental Champion so why not let him have it he'll do a good job with it I agree I got no problem like you know the guys they're they're rumored to be in this ladder match uh, I think it'd be a highly entertaining match and. Uh, you know, I think a guy like Daniel Bryan, you know, whether he wins or loses, um, 
I think the fact that he would be in the match elevates the importance of the IC title. So I, you know, I'm all for that. Again, you know, down the road a piece, uh, Daniel Bryan can be a main eventer again, uh, just because he's wrestling for the IC title doesn't necessarily mean he's not a main eventer. And, uh, you know, I think no. people get too caught up and too short-sighted that, you know, it has to but, be this year. So, go ahead, Mike. No, but he does, but he does have to, he does, he does need to um, have another run with the belt. He didn't get a fair shake. He needs to do, he needs to, um, he needs to have that title again. He has to, they have to do, he has to get it. And he has, to, and they have to give him a little leeway. And um, I, I, I just, he needs that belt back because he was, you know, he was just taken out. You know, by himself. it was injuries. I mean, it happened to Shawn Michaels, and it happened to Edge. Poor Edge. We all know his story. So it, ha- you know, all these other wrestlers. But he definitely needs to. And I, 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 and the way he's over. I mean, listen, years ago, and and it's still today. You see football players, sports players. They do the you can't see me. Uh, the Islanders. Okay, every time the goal scored, they score goal, score goal. Yeah. They, every time they uh, score a goal, you get that, um, what do you call it? You get the yes, yes, yes. Where do you think that came from? That came from Daniel Bryan, you know? So this guy's over like Rover, and uh, and, and that's the way it's going to be on, on that end, man. It needs to it just uh, give him the title back. And I agree with you. I think, I think he deserves a shot again at some point. I just think right now, you know, it, it's funny with the way, you know, the IWC thinks. I, I just feel like if he was thrown into the title picture this year, it would have almost been like, you know, crowbarring him in there, you know, just, just forcing the issue just to get Daniel Bryan in the main event picture. And uh, Absolutely. You know, I agree with you. And it's unfortunate that he was you. hurt, but uh, – you know that's the way it, it it played out, and and you know give it a give it some time to really put together a a good storyline and a good program, and get Daniel Bryan back in that that main event picture, and give him a you know hopefully the injuries are behind him, and and hopefully he winds up uh, having a good run with with the championship belt the next time around. Good stuff is always yes. Mike. Well, I, I and I'm gonna finish it with I'm gonna finish it with with uh, with the thought was that's why I wasn't upset when Brian didn't win the Royal Rumble because it's not Brian, Daniel Bryan's time. He had a great match with Roman Reigns at Fastlane, and his character beat himself because how many times can you go for the wrong knee? Um, so I, I definitely think. And tonight we're supposed to have another inductee into the Hall of Fame, and I heard and I heard that it's supposed to be. Rumor has it. It's supposed to be a lot of Blaze, Medusa. So that's and and I also heard that AJ Lee is in the is in the Prudential Center. Supposedly, there's something's going to happen with AJ Lee because supposedly she's back. Very good, and uh, lots of rumors abound. And interesting, uh, uh, Alundra Blaze could be the next Hall of Famer. Mike, thanks a lot for the phone call. And uh, you got it. And the- don't forget Sunday. Don't forget Sunday. Alive and kicking for our good friend Preacher. In New Jersey, Little Lake Harbor, go to Body Slam Wrestling, you know, www.bodyslamwrestlingwebs.com. Alive and kicking, you're going to see Steve Wolf. You'll see all the wrestlers from BWO, and we'll see uh, how it plays out. And also, a happy birthday to my good friend, Tony Schaff. Today's his birthday, so happy birthday to him. And Dave and uh, Ken, as always, you guys are great. We'll speak to you next week. Can't wait. Bye-bye.
That thing's unscuffable. Anyway, um, you know, and it, it was interesting that Mike said, you know, that that uh, you know Daniel Bryan beat himself going to the uh, running knee where, uh, once too often. I mean, I guess Cat Zingano did the same thing on Saturday night, going to the the running knee uh, way way too often, or, or maybe too soon should be the case. But uh, yeah, like I said at our pre-show meeting, hey, Brock Lesnar bows out. Let's just get Ronda Rousey in there to stand in. Uh, I I'd want, wouldn't mind the main event between her and uh, Roman Reigns, but I digress. Um, interesting stuff is, as Mike gives us the rumor mill that uh, Alundra Blaze may be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame or announced as an inductee into the Hall of Fame. Uh, the rumors are swirling uh, pretty much because, uh, yeah, it's posted on the WWE website. So uh, quite the rumor mill right there as far as uh, who might be the next inductee into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Interesting Hall of Famer. Um, you know, she's not a, a another one that's not really a slam dunk Hall of Famer, but uh, had in all honesty, and especially for a, a female wrestler, um, one of the most memorable moments of the the Monday Night Wars, if not wrestling history, uh, tossing the WWE uh, Women's Championship belt in the trash on Monday Nitro. So. Um, maybe a Hall of Fame moment. Uh, don't know if I necessarily say Hall of Fame career. She had she had a decent career, um, but a historic moment um, as this class. Uh, I don't know, Dave. I mean, they're they're rounding out the class. They definitely have a one huge crown jewel in the class. But uh, know, interesting class so far. Yeah, I would say interesting. I mean, I like Macho Man, and I'm a huge Macho Man fan, and we were talking about this on the pre-show, and I've been a big proponent of this in order to, in my opinion, reinvent and preserve the WWE Hall of Fame. Because let's face it, there is no physical Hall of Fame. This is a, a, a glorified version of a Lifetime Achievement Award that they're giving out to these guys, and hopefully someday they do have a physical Hall of Fame. But, you know, they, they throw just about anybody in not a big fan of Coco Beware getting in. I'm not a big fan of the Bushwhackers getting in. However, with a guy like Randy Savage, I truly believe that maybe he's been the only one that got inducted this year. And they did like a special two-hour tribute show to him. You know, have guys come up and tell stories, video packages, things like that. And then you do the final induction with Hogan. And then comes out his brother Lanny and maybe Savage's late wife, you know, Savage's, uh, you know, his wife, they, you know. So I just think that, like, there's a lot of, I mean, really, let's think about it. We talked about this earlier. Who remembers every single induction in a Hall of Fame ceremony? You maybe remember two or three, okay? Last year I remember Jake Roberts, Ultimate Warrior, and Mr. T. And one of those inductions I liked. And you could probably guess as to which one I liked, okay? Um so, I mean, I just think that, like, sometimes they put guys in for the sake of putting them in. And maybe they should just kind of, you know, reinvent it. Like, TNA inducts one person in the Hall of Fame. One. You know, not, not you know, seven or eight guys at a show. So, I think WWE kind of has to take a look back. And, 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 and in order for them to extend the longevity of the Hall of Fame, maybe every couple of years they only induct one person to, uh, to really make the induction and the event feel special. It's not, you know, it's, it's an interesting idea, and even you know, shortening uh, the ceremony a bit, um, yeah. Whether it's it's kind of has the feeling of a roast or or a tribute show or this is your life kind of thing, 
Um, you know, yeah, they're going to run out of names, and you're right. Uh, this class, uh, you know, I mean, you you could start to debate. Look, we talked about Rikishi, and, and we're, we're in agreement that, you know, he, he belonged. But it's, you know, if you're going to debate and say that he's he doesn't belong, you know, it's it's he's a borderline guy. I mean, it, it's honestly like outside of Macho Man right now, uh, this Hall of Fame class has, you know, that, that quote-unquote borderline Hall of Famers. And, uh, you know, every sport has them, every uh, – uh, you know, Hall of Fame has those guys that, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. But uh, like you're saying, Dave, you know, this this year's ceremony um, right now, I mean, you got and, – and it's it's awesome. Like, I'm so happy that Macho Man is finally getting in. Um, but the supporting cast right now is, uh, you know, those those borderline guys. If you're, if you're a fan right now and you're going to come up to me and you're going to say that that Rikishi, the Bushwhackers, and Alundra Blaze do do not belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I don't think like I, I'm going to get like that mad at you. Uh, maybe we'll have a friendly debate about it, but it's uh, you know they're, they're all kind of at, at that borderline status, you know. Yeah, I mean Kevin Nash. I would say you know he's rumored to be getting inducted. Kevin Nash, I would say, is probably out of. The names that have already been announced, aside from Macho Man, is probably a legitimate name you could say have a Hall of Fame career. The impact that he has on the business, you know, overall in the wrestling business. You know, when people talk about wrestling in the good old days of wrestling, they're not talking about the Bushwhackers. With all due respect to the guys, they've been together for a long time. They wrestled for many, 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 many years. But they didn't have a huge, tremendous impact on the business like a guy like Kevin Nash did. Alundra Blaze, Medusa, what have you. Um, I don't know. I think she had potential to be a big a, a big deal as far as women's wrestling, but her, her time in the business, as far as, like, women's wrestling goes, was not the right time. You know, when she was in WCW, she was a ballet. You know, she, when she was in the AWA and she wrestled, women's wrestling wasn't seen as – women's wrestling was very rare at that time in the late 80s. And even in the early 90s, too, it was very rare. It was the late 90s up until now where women's wrestling had become more prominent. And if she had broken in then, she probably would have done more in the business in, in, in women's wrestling. But she just she – I guess you could say she was a pioneer in some way, shape, or form. But did she have a great impact on the business? No. But the only thing that everyone remembers her for is when she dropped that title in the trash can. So I guess in some ways the whole thing now has become – what can you do that puts you in a highlight reel forever? And that's what she did. Yes, I mean, you know, it's just, and I agree with you. I, I you know, and, and it's funny because, you, know, you know, a lot of people want to debate uh, Nash. I, I think Nash is a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I think he had a Hall of Fame career. NWO, uh, I mean, everything. Yeah. NWO, you know, the, 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 he, he, he kind of stuck, I mean, granted, he left in 96, but he was, you know, there during the new generation era of WWF, kind of holding it together. That wasn't their best years business-wise, but, you know, that's what got him the notoriety to get to WCW to do the New World Order thing. So, I mean, yeah, everything that he's done, oh, most definitely. Yeah, so I'm not going to argue that. You know, it's funny, and, and over the course, again, we talk like the stuff that happened uh, outside. And it, it's an interesting, you know, show tonight because we talked mostly, you know, about stuff happening behind the scenes. Uh, not a lot. We didn't talk a lot tonight about uh, programming or whatever, but, uh, again, one of the big stories coming out, 
And I posted it on the Facebook page, man, and, and we got like two minutes left. But, I, you know, Jon Stewart and, and Seth Rollins, you know, I get it. You bring – I miss kayfabe. I, you know, I mean, Seth Rollins is on The Daily Show. I, I mean, Jon Stewart's kind of being a, an ass, and he's kind of smirking. Seth Rollins cracked a smile. Uh, and that's why I posted. I mean, it made me very reminiscent of uh, Kaufman and uh, Lawler on Letterman. And I, I missed that sort of thing. Uh, it was kind of goofy. I get it, getting the mainstream attention. But I don't know. I just found it kind of a goof. Yeah, I, 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 I care less. I care less. What's going to be the payoff? <laughs> what, what's going to be the payoff? Really? Like, truly? In WWE's eyes, the payoff is get that audience from mainstream media to watch their program during WrestleMania season. Okay, that's great. But really, what's the payoff for a wrestling fan? I, I just don't I, I don't I don't see it. And, ju- and it's just weird kind of like, you know, taking the Mr. Money in the Bank, taking the top heel in the company who who really should have his sights centered somewhere, if if not cashing in, but somewhere surrounding uh, the 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 championship. Uh, I, I don't know to use him. I would always be more inclined to to find someone else on the roster that needs a rub and and uh, you know use him in this way. I, I don't know. I just it, the the segment really it kind of bugged me. It irked me. Uh, I when when Rollins put Stewart in the headlock and Stewart was smirking and Rollins was as well. It just was kind of uh, and like you said. And where does this go? I mean, what's the payoff? You know, are we going to have Jon Stewart, like, goofing around in someone's corner at WrestleMania? Does anyone really need that? I I don't know. So, if this storyline, you know, goes any further, we'll we'll catch that on Raw with about 40 seconds left, Dave. Good show tonight. It's amazing. Road to WrestleMania. More stuff happening uh, off of TV than, than perhaps on. Yeah, it's uh, it's just sometimes how the how the cookie crumbles. But hopefully they get their stuff together and we get you know the next four weeks some interesting build and some exciting moments heading into WrestleMania. Because to be honest with you, I'm not thrilled with this card yet. Interesting enough, they wait four weeks left, about a month to build this card. Will the WWE do it? Easy for me to say. Let's check out Monday Night Raw and we'll talk again next week to see if you're excited about this WrestleMania card. Thank you all, callers, for calling in tonight. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Enjoy Raw. Thank you, and good night.